This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins on the other side of the microphone. And Evan, we finally had football. We had real meaningful football in the world of college. Week zero, nice little appetizer. Week one, local teams got involved. And week one, the local teams flexed their muscles and said, yeah. May not be as bad as you think we're going to be. Uh, starting off the game one with Michigan State, very first play of the game. I mean, yeah, everybody raise your hand if you saw 75-yard touchdown run by Kenneth Walker third, Signed, no one. Unless they they listened to this podcast and, and heard you say that first touchdown is going to be a rushing touchdown. I knew it was going to be a rushing touchdown. I mean, but... I, I didn't know that he was going to break off that long of a run. And and then the funny thing was, you know, you're waiting for the flag, and then you hear that there is a flag, personal foul, and you're like, okay, who clipped? Who who tripped somebody? And it was like, yeah, number one, Jaden Reed for uh, personal foul, and they accessed, put it on the kickoff. You know, what, you know what the penalty was? I finally figured it out. You know what it was? You know what he did? Well, I heard you. I, I heard he high fived the fan. Yeah, yeah, he high fived the fan. Which I mean, college doesn't like to have fun, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, some of the rules in college. Come on, you, you, very first play of the game, they're excited. A bunch of state fans in the end zone. He high fived somebody. Whatever. I guess the only thing I can say is only because he wasn't part of the play that maybe that's why you flag him. Maybe if Walker did it, it's a different story. That's the only thing I can think of because I've noticed just from watching the first, what, two weeks of college football, that's what they're calling it on is somebody that comes from outside the play, starts talking or doing whatever. It yeah. actually happened in the Michigan game. So, uh, so yes, Michigan State, Mel Tucker goes out there, and I think this game probably went as, as well as he could. They dominated from start to finish. They were never out of control. No, it was never like, oh, I think Northwestern could make a move here. It went from seven nothing to fourteen nothing to twenty one seven at halftime. The only, I mean, like my biggest question mark was, what were you doing at the end of the first half? The sixty yard field goal was like, it was almost as if the offensive staff got kind of caught in no man's land. Are we killing the clock here, coach? Are we trying to score? What 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 are we doing here? <laughs> Because, you know, I think it was Walker takes the ball, runs it to the 42 slides, gets the first down, they immediately spike it. And I'm thinking, okay, you line up, you do a Hail Mary, and, you know, go into the half. And then they brought out the kicker. Unless, I mean, Coughlin has had a strong practice going in, but he's never had that leg. What are we? It's like, yeah, 60-yard field. 
There's so many things that can go wrong with a 60-yard field goal. First of all, you you have to kick it at a lower trajectory, which makes it easier to block, mm-hmm. take back, and now instead of going up 21-7, to you're going up 21-14, and they get the ball back. You've just given them momentum. They can return it if it doesn't make it all the way through. If the guy catches it in the end zone, we all saw that with the kick six, Auburn, Alabama. When Alabama could have just took a knee, went to overtime, but instead Nick Saban lines up, tries to kick this ridiculous field goal, and the Auburn guy takes it back, and they win the game on that play. There were so many things. I'm like, you're telegraphing a trick play if you're going to line up and do something. Right. I, I mean, in rewatching the game, the only thing I could come up with and I really wanted to stick around for the press conference yesterday because I wanted to ask him. But I just wonder if they were just trying to practice their two-minute drill to see what they could do. And, you know, okay, well, let's just go through the motions. I know it's not going to work, but I just need to see you guys quickly run off the field and the kicking team run on the field. That's the only thing I can think of. But as far as the game goes, Peyton Thorne gets the nod as QB1, which, you know, if you listen, we kind of expected that. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. It was a couple plays in that game where he he managed the game. And 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 I know game manager people hear that and they think it's a derogatory term. It's really not. There are people in the NFL who've made a living off of being the air quote game manager. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Joe and, Flacco is a prime example. Including the guy that everybody calls the GOAT. Tom Brady. Look at his numbers. He puts up decent numbers. But he knows, I'm going to rely on my defense. I'm going to rely on everybody else. I'm not going to turn the ball over. Yeah, he's not going to make the mistake that costs right. you. And that's what you want out of a quarterback. Right. Though. And it's like, yeah, everybody wants to Patrick Mahomes because it looks great to sling the ball around. But you win games, you're good. It's like the running back who doesn't fumble. The wide receiver who just catches the ball. Mm-hmm. You don't drop the passes. You'll have a long time in the NFL. And when you look at him, it was like a play early in the game. It was a busted play. I believe it was third down, and he just threw the ball away. Yes. He didn't try to force it. I think it was a screenplay that just got sniffed out. He scrambles out and just chucks it out of bounds. And I'm like, okay, that's what you want to see. You don't want to see a guy who feels like I got to make a play on every down. You trust your teammates. I give Mel Tucker credit. He rode the hot hand and Kenneth Walker the third. It wasn't. He rotated backs, but he didn't really rotate backs. He took guys out to give him a break. Yeah, you saw Simmons come in for a blow here or there. You also saw Joyner come in for a few carries. You didn't really see Elijah Collins. They didn't play, I don't think. Yeah, but what I did like is after Walker scored a touchdown, you know who was there slapping it up with him right after? It was Elijah Collins. So, yeah, so when you see... That, that's one thing that I did like. And it was another thing, I, I rewatched the game last night, and, and it kind of went without, it, it went without you really seeing it, but, you know, the BTN did the cut-up, and they sh- it was 45 seconds left in the game. Game's over, okay? Uh, Walker had just scored his fourth touchdown. It's 38-21. 45 seconds left. Northwestern can't win the game. Mel Tucker intensely yelling at the team, people on the field, play, play football, play for your jobs. Like He's coaching these guys to the bitter end. There's no yucking it up. There's no celebrating. He's telling the, the backups out there, play for your jobs, okay? I'm still watching. We're still evaluating. Don't let them score. 
Oh, that's a 60-minute ball game to Mel Tucker, and it's going to be every last second. And go to your Twitter, at Rico Beard. You tweeted out that video I watched it last night. And I'm like, you know, and that's where he separates himself right. from others because you see a lot of coaches or players having a good time after that victory or feel good. That wasn't good enough for him. No. Which I like. And so there was one player that stood out to me during that game, and it was on defense, and we had never even talked about him. And I went, I had to go search. Cal Halliday. Mm-hmm. That kid played a ton. Number 27. He did. It was a retro freshman. Yeah, and I didn't know much about him. Do you Linebacker. know much about him? Linebacker. He was one of, uh, I think he was one le- the last of the D'Antonio class. Okay. He he came in there, and he was really kind of an off-the-radar type of person. He was the type of guy that, you know, it was one of those recruits that D'Antonio would get, and all of a sudden he would go from nobody to somebody. Yeah. Because uh, it was him and I believe Chase Klein were the two linebackers that they brought in. Okay, and it was like they brought in a bunch, but those are the only two that stuck. All the other linebackers left the program. Those two got to play, and and I guess Holiday is really impressed so much that yeah, I thought it was going to be Chase Klein out there yeah. with Quaveris Crouch, and it's not. It's Holiday. He made a lot of plays. He was all across. He was over all over the place. Um, you know, he got the job done. Defense, it's funny you mention that. The pass rush stills a problem. Last year they didn't have much of a pass rush. I thought maybe it would change. The only way they're getting to the quarterback is through some type of a blitz. But you can't get it with the front four. And that to me tells, you know, that's you know, what's the difference between a good and a great team? Pass rush. If you could hit home, I mean – Georgia was able to get to Clemson and DJ Ugalungalele off a three-man rush, four-man rush. They had seven, eight sacks. They didn't have to bring a blitz. When Michigan State was in its heyday back in 2013 to 15, four-man rush. Oh, yeah. They could drop seven. That's how you got the no-fly zone because it was seven people back there. Right now, this team is lacking that edge rusher who's able to come in there and just wreak havoc. I mean, Caveras Crouch got a sack, um, but I th- it was more of a coverage sack. You it, know. it was, yeah. He was playing the edge, and it just in the the quarter. Hunter Johnson rolled right out to his side. Yeah. So. Um, you look at, I guess I expected maybe a little bit too much out of Ronald Williams, the corner from um, Alabama, because he he got picked on and big time. He, uh, you know, uh, he probably had pro- the worst game of everybody. And maybe because he came from Bama and people talked about him, we all thought he was just going to be the reincarnate of Dark West Denard and Trey Waynes. And, you know, they went after him because I thought they would pick on Kalen Gervin, but now nah, they went after the big dog. No, Gervin almost seemed like the leader out there yeah, for the secondary. And you could tell, Senior, he held his own. Williams, I mean, I don't know if it's different in the Big Ten and the uh, SEC, but... That's something to, to keep an eye on, and I thought uh, Kimbrough from Florida was going to play a lot. I think he only had four snaps. So mm-hmm. uh, I guess the expectation for, at secondary, I, I just expected more from them, more of a lockdown type of position. They got some ways to go. Uh, they got Youngstown State. Probably should win this game. This is a game where maybe you see your depth yes. if you're Tucker. You, you see guys come in there in the second half. You maybe you see uh, Anthony Russo, the backup QB. 
You see some Elijah Collins. You see a lot of the other wide receivers. That's the other thing, too. I like Peyton Thorne. The only thing I think Peyton Thorne needs to do is really – he has some good throws to Trey Mosley, but he and Jalen Naylor seemed like an awkward first date. Yeah, they weren't on the same page. No, they were not. It was a couple times where it was a couple times where Naylor dropped it. It was a couple overthrows on Thorne's behalf, where you could see where him and Reed were high school teammates. They just have that; they could click. Tough throws. He throws it up in the middle of nowhere. Reed comes down with it. Naylor, on the other hand, it just seemed awkward. There's Trey Mosley had a like think three really nice catches. Well, he had the one handed catch on the on the sideline that was really great, and also. <laughs> I, I texted you and I said I would stop after this, but boy, did Connor Hayward play well for them. He actually did. He really did. I he mean, got I, that one first down on his own. I think what you found out is, is water found its level, and he is now going to flourish in that role. He's He was never a running back, in my opinion, but he's the type of guy you give him a little bit of room and a full head of steam. And he can now bowl people over because he's short, stocky, low center gravity. He's always had good hands, too. So, yeah, I, I like the fact that, yeah, he's a guy that you could put in there on third downs to be that tight end because, let's be honest, especially if Walker's playing the way he's doing, if Reed is doing what he's doing, he kind of becomes that fourth, fifth option that people forget about. And he just kind of goes out in the middle of nowhere and catches that pass and moves the chains. I like that, I like that they – didn't give up on him and figured out what to do with him. I don't. I don't think he can compete in this backfield because you know if there, he doesn't have the speed. Dude, or, you saw what Walker can do. There's no way you could ever go back no, to him in the backfield. Absolutely not, unless everybody got hurt. Right, but that's the only way. On the line, he can block. He's getting the job done. I think that they found the perfect spot for him. So, I, I like what they were doing there. As I said, Tucker. Tucker went out there, and, and he got it done. Now Youngstown State this is more of a let's see what else we have. The key for that game is just kind of jump up, jump out early, and at that point you, you play your backups and keep everybody from not getting hurt. Um, Michigan, Michigan came out there. It was a surprise to me. I thought Western was going to play them a little bit better. And after the first drive, I was like, okay, Western did what I would have did. I would have picked on Michigan's corners. But after that, Western – Stop doing that, and, and Michigan's defense kind of rose up, and it was the gang tackling. They just swarmed to the ball. They kept everything in front of them. Western wasn't going to get anything to the point where they kind of took Western's soul. Western was afraid to play anymore. They just, like, you know, instead of just going for it on fourth and one, no, nah, we're going to punt the ball. Like, what do you, you – I mean – you're the underdog. You yeah, got you nothing got nothing to lose. You literally just probably got paid millions to be right. here. Just go for it. Like, and – you know what it, it reminded me of was the Harbaugh when he first got here, beating up on those teams that aren't at the same level as him. Yeah, and that's what um, you saw. I didn't. I wasn't very impressed with the play calling to start the game for Michigan. It was the same old thing: run, run, pass, run, run, pass. But they told us, and, and every now and then they did. You know what? It wasn't Coach Beast. Michigan Harbaugh made a point: we're going to run the ball. We're, we want to run, and they did. I, I think what. Uh, McNamara had a good game. I mean, once again, kind of like Peyton Thorne, good game manager. He did nothing wrong. I think he, he – let me look this stat up. He didn't throw the ball that often. No, I think he had like 11 passes, and the only passes that he didn't complete were tipped at the line. Yeah, it was uh, 
Yeah, he threw 11 times. Yeah, he was 9 he was of 11. 9 of 11, and one of them was a penalty that was taken back. It was a great catch by Ronnie, by Bell. Ronnie Bell, but they you know, they called the offensive pass interference. So, in essence, he was 10 of 11, and the one got knocked down at the line. So, yeah. he, he was on point. They ran the ball. That was their – that's what they were going to do. They And you know what? That was a good game to kind of assert your will to um, – yeah, the only downside was you lost Ronnie Bell for the year. Who, oh boy, did he make a stride. I don't know how this is going to affect the team. They got a lot of young receivers, but I don't know if they – your best bet is to try to find somebody who can – like a couple people who could kind of fill each aspect of Ronnie Bell because he, he went from kind of that nobody – to somebody where he, he was led the team in receptions. Yeah, that could go over the middle, but he could also stretch the field, which you saw multiple times. Now, I understand Western corners aren't as good as the ones that he'll face in the Big Ten, but, I mean, it wasn't even close when he was catching that ball. No, I, I think and uh, it was just such a fluke play, too, because, you know, it's kind of like what we had talked about last week with playing your starters on the special teams, and that's the risk you would take. And here's the thing. Before any Michigan fan gets upset, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Yes. I, I was so happy to see that uh, Reed and, and Naylor are the return guys for Michigan State. You and want your best athletes to be a return guy. When, I think when your teams are good, you want your playmakers on the field. Because most people forget about special teams. Like, that was D'Antonio's biggest downfall. He treated special teams. They were It was nothing special. They were just teams. Yeah. Nothing special about them. Go out there. You had uh, Sowers was captain fair catch. Yep. Just uh, just wave your hand in the air and wave it like you just don't care. That's all he ever did. He just caught it, and that was it. They never tried to advance the ball. They never tried to flip the field. Good teams do that. That's how you spark a team. When all of a sudden your return guy takes you from being deep in your own territory and takes it to the 50, you shorten the field, everybody's excited, everybody's ready to go. Now the downfall is, yeah, he got injured, and it, it really kind of looked like – a freak injury. Like he did totally. Get, Cause I, I mean, when he got tackled, I was like, wow, that was a really nice punt return. He made a cut and, and then all of a sudden started grabbing for his knee. Yeah. Just, so, and I, well, I'm also the firm believer too. Like you can't say, well, if he wasn't, that injury was going to happen one way or another. It, it, I firmly believe that with any athlete that tears an ACL or whatever, when that thing tears, it's ready to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, it just it just happens. It's like yes. an Achilles. Like, what, what, are you going to be mad because Charles Woodson was returning punts or I mean, Desmond it, Howard? It's like, I mean, it's, it's like an Achilles heel injury. I mean, I remember. The uh, freak. Kalen Lucas, when he got his in the uh, NCAA tournament, was walking the ball up the court. There yeah. was nobody around him. He thought somebody came from behind and kicked him. And he, he turned around and looked and was like, what just happened here? Yeah, John Jansen had tore his Achilles, and I asked him about it. A, a uh, how tough is it to walk on it after? And they were like, you can walk. It all depends on the person. You remember Kobe when he famously uh, tore his Achilles, came back out and shot two free throws. You're walking like it's just something's wrong. Right. But it's freak. And ACLs are that same type of deal where your knees are meant to go forward and back, not side to side. Yeah. And, I mean, he's going to come back stronger these Players that get ACL surgery now come back even better than they were. I think for Michigan, uh, Dalen Baldwin, the transfer, probably going to be the guy that they're going to be leaning on to 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 be the the that main starter for them. He played at Jackson State last year, transferred in, grad transfer. 
you know, he's the guy that caught the touchdown that yep. uh, J.J. McCarthy threw it 800 I, yards. I wasn't a big fan of the play. And the beauty of it was I heard Harbaugh on the Estonian Jansen show in the morning. And I'm glad he said it because if I said it, I would have been a hater. But even Harbaugh was like, yeah, that's not something that we want him to do. It's kind of like hitting on an 18 and 21. Right. He probably wouldn't recommend doing that. It worked. Don't do it again. Right. Because that says against real corners, that's a pick six. That's an interception at the least. You float it out there across the field, the safety is salivating saying, okay, please, here's please. the highlight reel for my NFL draft. They're going to be playing this pick over and over again. So you don't want to go that route. I don't think that there should be a quarterback controversy for Michigan because I think that K. McNamara did the job that you want him to do. And don't do not, if I'm a Michigan fan, do not turn this into the Tom Brady, Drew Henson thing. I mean, don't even turn it into Joe Milton and, and no, no, uh, but Moses, I'm saying it was uh, the McCaffrey. problem. Tom Brady was a game manager at Michigan. Yeah. But he wasn't sexy. Now, I know everybody screams, oh, he's my favorite. No, you, you, know, you didn't like him. Everybody wanted the youngster, Drew Henson. Yeah, out of Brighton, number one recruit. And he, he was the guy with the arm. He was this. He, he was J.J. McCarthy. And they, they, they coaches heard, and they gave the fans their wish, and they benched Brady. And Brady, you know, was coming in a dual quarterback type of thing. I remember the Michigan State game. He comes back in, and damn near, it was I think it was 99, MSU's killing him. Brady comes in the game, and he tightened it up. Evan, it went from everybody celebrating at Spartan Stadium like, oh, we got this, to, whoa, everybody gets to sit back down, sit back down, sit back down. This game just got a lot closer than it should. And I've always said, if Brady plays the whole game, they may have won that game. But they put in Henson. State abused Henson. Uh, that was the game where, you, you know, they were trying to find it. They couldn't guard Charles uh, Plaxico Burris, save their life. Right. They, they put a wide receiver on him. They put everybody out on him. And they, and they couldn't stop him. So I say that to say I would not mess around. I would not go to quarterback system. I think you got something with McNamara. And I don't think McCarthy's game is that much different from McNamara to have that two-quarterback well, system. He's it's not like you QB. have Chris Leak and yeah, Tim Tebow. Okay, but you saw the throw. So now the 11 throws that McNamara, that was good. Oh, my God. Did you see the one throw? Yeah, but McNamara throws a good deep ball. That I, one to Ronnie Bell was perfectly I placed. understand. Uh, you want a funny story about Drew Henson? Yeah. Um, I was golfing in Ann Arbor, and their former quarterback coach, I think his name is Parrish, Stan Parrish. I could be wrong on that. But he was the quarterback coach when Brady was there and Drew Henson, and he was sitting there telling me, about because I, I wanted to make a joke about how he's not a good coach. So I called Jansen, asked for a little info, and he said, Tell him so and so is responsible for all Tom Brady's, not him, all of that success. And so he's telling me about Drew Henson. He goes, I literally came in one day and told Lloyd Carr, I like, this is the best quarterback I have ever seen in my life. He goes, The next day, turn on ESPN, he signed with the Yankees. Mm, yeah, I remember that Steinbrenner. Ohio State guy. It was the Ohio State uh, booster. I don't, know, I don't know if he went to Ohio State or not, but he was a huge. He was connected yeah. with the Buckeyes. And that was one of the big sports conspiracy, conspiracy theories. He did that so that Henson wouldn't play in the uh, Michigan Ohio State game. Yeah, because he just stuck him in division. I mean, double A never really did anything. Nothing. But you know what? He 
He wasn't playing in the football game. He played more pro football than he did pro baseball. So, yeah, I, I do remember that. So That was a big deal. Overall, great weekend for the state of Michigan. Michigan now has Washington. When I think the unfortunate part, Washington lost to Montana, which made this game lose-lose for Michigan. It was it was about to be almost a, hey, we, we're I don't want to sound fun. It was like we're back because Washington was supposed to be ranked a name brand team. They're kind of the Michigan of the West where, you know, they they same same type of attitude fan wise. I don't know if you've ever been to Husky Stadium. No. But, yeah, except it's beautiful. I mean, you could tailgate on a boat. Oh, really? It's that it, great. It, yeah, it's it's the best. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever been to Shane Park and you could listen to concerts. Yeah. Right up, same thing. Okay. The stadium sits right on the water. So you literally can tailgate, get off your boat, and walk right into the stadium. It's beautiful. That's awesome. I mean, you everybody should go there at least once to see it. I saw it. I was just like, wow. Yeah, I almost wonder if ABC's a little disappointed. It didn't get that. They are because losing to Montana means that Michigan now has to beat them. Yes. Because if you lose, you lost to a team that lost to Montana. If you win... Well, you only beat a team that lost to Montana. You got to get through this game. You just got to win it. You got to keep everybody healthy and know that you're not going to get any accolades. You're not going to get any pats on the back. Basically, no one cares. Well, yeah, and- it's, the, it's the same thing for Michigan State, but Youngstown State, except for it's Youngstown State. So nobody's expecting anything. But in all reality, nobody should be patting you on the back for winning your second game of the year. Yes, but it was going to be under the lights. I think it was a I maze mean, out. I, I it was know, going to be a I, national televised I understand game. That, but do your business. And everything. the air got taken out of the sale. Now, if you're Michigan, your first four games are winnable. Oh, it's, yeah. It's going to be going to play Wisconsin is going to now be the thing. And real quick, man, the Big Ten, I, I, would, I would tell people don't overreact to what you see. I think Ohio State showed, C.J. Stroud showed in the second half, Third, Rieger and Cookie saying, oh, well, you know, C.J. Stroud sucks. And look at his performance mm-hmm. first half. I was like, I, I remember I texted him like because I was running some errands at halftime. I was like, it's his first half of football. Second half, he comes out with four touchdowns. Dominated. I think they got something there. Um, Iowa looked very impressive. Let's see what happens when they take on Iowa State. A couple teams, I was going to say don't write off Minnesota, but you may be able to write them off. Losing uh, Mohammed Ibrahim, uh, huge. It was a bigger loss losing him from the year than Michigan losing Ronnie Bell. Because I mean, he that was, is their offense. He was the offense. He was the, If he plays, they challenge Ohio State to the bitter end. I, I they control the clock. And, and Minnesota may, may have been in position to win the game late because Ohio State could not stop him. No, not all. many teams can stop him. He, I mean, fun fact, I, I think in his entire collegiate career, he's only not had – he's gotten positive yards for every carry except I want to say one or two. Yeah, the kids. Think about that. He's ridiculous. I mean, even last year when Michigan whooped them, he ran for 150 some odd yards. So that's going to hurt Minnesota. Uh, Indiana, Michael Penix Jr. didn't look like he was completely healthy. Now, Iowa does that. It reminded me of when Michigan State went there in 2009. They were, they were, I think, 9 and 0 going into that game. They went to Iowa. 
I remember I went to Iowa. That was my first and only time ever going. Evan, before you could sit down, Iowa was up 21 nothing. It was very eerily similar to what they did to Indiana. Iowa may be one of the three worst places that you could play as an, an opponent can play. I mean, yeah, go ask Ohio State. Go ask Michigan. I mean, Everybody goes to Iowa, and everybody has their dreams crushed. And if you play at night, just, I mean, now, you might you, as well not even go. The other one is Penn State at night. Now, if you're going to beat Penn State, you can beat them in the daytime. Something magical happens when the, when it goes nighttime and it becomes All a full white, whiteout yep. and everybody's waving their shirts and pom-poms. And you, it's intimidating. They win. And the hardest place is still the horseshoe because they don't sell their tickets to opposing fans. I need to get there. It is really the small smattering. Like, and I, and I, I want to go to an Ohio State-Michigan game because, like, Ohio State-Michigan State – the venom is not as bad. No, and because but you still—it's a small smattering of green. Yeah, but it's an. They don't sell their tickets like you like other games like fan baseball. I'm going to make a little money. You're not allowed. To, I don't think you're allowed to do that in Columbus. You're not. And, and <clears throat> going to that game is more valuable than that money is to them. Yeah. But the I will say this to me this year's Indiana because last year I told people, hey, watch out for Michael Penix Jr. in Indiana. They're going to be good. And he doesn't get was, hurt. People thought I was crazy. The new team this year is Maryland. Maryland's going to be a problem, people. I think Rutgers is even going to be a bigger problem than people think. Rutgers is going to be a stumble. Yes. Maryland's going to be a problem. Mike Loxley has loaded that team up with a lot of skilled, highly ranked position players. He went out. I think he's got three five-star wide receivers, three or four five-star wide receivers on this team. He's got Talia Tungavaloa, Tua's little brother, if that name sounds familiar. They played West Virginia. They were down. Talia got them back in the game. He was making throws. Honestly, and I'm not even exaggerating, a lot of the quarterbacks that were supposedly going to be high draft picks, I wasn't impressed. Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler, uh, all, of, all these guys were just, eh, okay. I don't know if I would take him with the top pick. You're starting to think maybe the Lions will get a second chance with another Tunga Valoa. You missed on Tua. His brother was playing just like him at Alabama. They play West Virginia at home. West Virginia is not some little sisters of the poor. No. They came out there, and the play call, Dan Enos is all about big plays. He's the offensive coordinator. He's a great offensive coordinator, poor head coach. But they're all about big plays. They're all about just that shock and awe. Just, and they they finally got a team that can play a little defense. Watch out for Maryland. I think they're, they're going to upset some people before this is all said and done. They're going to kind of be Indiana last year where you're going to walk in there saying, oh, you're so cute, and you're going to take a hell. They've always had a pretty solid running game, at least in the past five, six years. And you would figure that once they got a quarterback, that that offense would really get going. Because I feel like that's the one place that they really have struggled. They got a quarterback. They may have. Because I don't think Penix is all the way there. But they may right now have the second second best QB, depending on how Strauss backs this up with Oregon. That's a big game for them, huh? And but yeah, it's no Thibodeau. Yes, that's what I heard. No he's Thibodeau, out. so that's the number one D end in the nation. He's Some probably say he's the number one pick. pick. Yep. Yeah, but uh, C.J. Stroud, uh, Talia Tungavaloa, 
probably your best two QBs. I mean, this guy is a playmaker. I know a lot of people don't watch Maryland football. I'm telling you now, you may take a chance, watch a little Maryland. I think they're going to be pretty good. Have your expectations changed at all for either Michigan or Michigan State after watching week one? Yeah, I've added a game to each. Okay. Like, I, th- I had Michigan losing to Washington. So now I think they beat Washington. I agree. Uh, for Michigan State, I think I feel confident in a lot of the 50-50 games. Uh, like Nebraska, you're like, okay, what's, what are they going to do against Nebraska? What are they going to do against Rutgers? You know, how does this go? I think Indiana's having some problems being the hunted instead of being the hunter. Right. Um, so we have to see what happens there. But, yeah, I, I think I would probably add a game to each one where now you may move the needle to seven or eight for both schools. They could possibly win seven or eight games. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I had I had Washington as Michigan's first loss, and I think they're going to end up beating Washington now. And that spread's really weird, too, with Michigan and Washington. Because nobody right? knows what's going on with the Washington wide receivers. Is that That's what why. it is? Because, yeah, because when I, I came into work uh, yesterday, I was it started like, at one. Yeah, I was like, what's that spread? I bet Michigan's like 14-point favorite. And it was like five now. It was at one. Now and, it's seven. And then it moved ESPN. out to six and a half to seven. It's because no one knows if the Washington wide receivers are going to play in the game. They did not play. And I don't know. I think it, to me, it sounds like disciplinary issues. And I think maybe Washington thought that they could bench these guys, look like Tommy Tough guy against Montana. It's like when Alabama plays Mercer. And we're going to bench half the offense because they stayed out too late. Nick Saban's going to really show hey, it's Mercer. You're going to kill him anyway. Right. Or, you know, when you say you're going to sit out the first half against Holy Cross. Or like uh, when Johnny Manziel had to sit out the first half against like Rice when he was at Texas A&M. Like, okay, you basically just gave him a day off. But, okay, I get you're trying to look like you're tough. You you know, you're never going to do it against your top rivals. You're going to do it against a team that you know. And I think, I don't know if they got caught doing that. I don't know what happens. And no one can really answer what's going on with the Washington wide receivers. If they play, maybe this is a different game. You got to go under the assumption that apparently they're not. But I don't think Vegas knows. So Vegas is just kind of making it a safe touchdown. Yeah, so, I mean, <clears throat> their quarterback, what, Dylan Morris, is that his name? Yeah. Through three interceptions against Montana while throwing the ball 46 times. Anytime you throw the ball that many times, it's not really a good outcome. So you're saying these guys like Otten, who had eight catches, and Davis, like those kids aren't their. No. Well, yeah, he's a freshman, huh? No. So they had true freshmen out there. Right. Giles Jackson, I mean. Former Michigan player Giles Jackson probably has the most experience out yeah. on the field. He had two runs and four catches for 15 yards, really. Not going to move the needle there, but I mean, I, I agree. I think Michigan wins by even more than seven. So it looks like the two receivers are going to be out. So, yeah, I don't know if it's injuries. I don't know what's going on with them, but yeah, they got, they got some problems going on. But I think this time next week, we should be talking about two teams in the state that should be 2-0. and Yeah. We come back. Will uh, they be in the top 25 either no, of those teams? No. Neither one of those games will be enough to catapult you. I think Michigan's flirting. Michigan may make it because it's kind of lazy on, you know, Washington's a name brand team. So if they go out there and destroy Washington, they were hovering at like 27th. They shouldn't. It's not really worthy to move the needle. Right. But, you know, it's Michigan. And, you know, a lot of 
writers are just lazy when it comes to picking their stuff. They just go with what they know instead of actually watching the games. Because I say it's it's impossible for coaches and writers to watch all the games every Saturday. It totally is. And make their picks for the AP and the coaches. Poll. I think a lot of them go to box scores. Yeah, you go look to the box at it score. real quick. And, that, and real quick, that was one of the things that I liked about Mel Tucker. For the box score people, Mark D'Antonio probably takes a knee. After Michigan State gets the first down, and it's like first and goal from the eight, a minute 30 to go in the game, minute 40, Mark takes three knees, walks out of here, says we're done. We win 31-21. Mel Tucker took it all the way to 0-0, scored another touchdown, got Kenneth Walker to become a household name this week with four touchdowns and 200. Did he ever. 250, uh, 200, what, 264 yards. But when you look at the box score, 38-30-21 looks a lot better. That looks like you blew a team out. Absolutely it does. It's that. So I like that Mel Tucker realizes I got a lot of box score people. I got to make sure I put up a nice little hefty number. So we'll see if that trend continues. Also, two quick things before we go. One, um, <clears throat> the NIL kicked in. And, well, Michigan State looks like they're going to take advantage of something that, you know, Matt Ishbia, United Wholesale Mortgage Company, guy who's going to donate $32 million to the university's athletic department. He will provide a $500 stipend per month for all football, men's football, and men's basketball players. So awesome. Everybody on the team gets $6,000 every year. Good. From, you know, so... Way to if, step up. If you happen to see a whole bunch of people tweeting out stuff from UWM, from players and stuff, that's just them saying, hey, I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do, Mr. Ishbia, sir. Thank you for the $500 this month. So exactly. He's become a partner with the football team and the men's basketball program. Uh, as far as basketball goes, it's their reunion day. So I think Magic Johnson's going to be there for the game. This is where Izzo throws the big tailgate. And well, it's funny because they just tweeted within the hour, three clocks. Three clocks? Yeah. Oh. Okay. So I wonder if that's what it's talking about. So, yeah, Magic's supposed to be there. Uh, all the, the, the basketball players are supposed to be there. Oh, I see it. The basketball schedules are getting released today at oh. 2 p.m. Oh, yes, at 3 o'clock. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, they're going to release... The uh, Big Ten schedules for this upcoming season is going to get released today. I thought it was at 2, but it must must, must have been 2 o'clock Central time. Yeah, so. and then so they just released their non-conference schedule that Ferris State, Grand Valley, Kansas in the Cl uh, Champions Classic. Uh, they have the Battle of Fort Atlantis. They have Louisville. They have um, Butler, the Gavit Games. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, the highly overrated Oakland Grizzlies. Yeah. Well, you know. You know, Greg Campy. You, you can't know, say a bad thing about him, right? Yeah, it, it, it's Michigan State's ultimate lose-lose game. It totally is. And he keep, Izzo just keeps doing it. I mean, he's trying to help out Campy in the state. But also and Saturday. So is every newspaper writer. Oops. They're going to have. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? They're going to have an official visitor, Jackson Kohler. Jackson Kohler out of Santa Clara, California. Four-star uh, power forward center. Gonna try to see if they can sway him. He kind of he's starting to dig Michigan State. They're playing from behind. I look for the Spartans to bring. They already got Trey Holloman, the point guard out of Minnesota. 
I look for Michigan State to only sign one more person this year. I think they're going to have a new philosophy when it comes to recruiting to basically have 11 scholarship players. Leaving yourself a leeway for transfer portal guys because if you bring in too many players, you're going to get a lot of guys who are going to be leaving out for the portal. So yeah. try to get guys that you know you're going to use, and if you're not going to use them, where years before, years past, you would get them and, and you would use them for depth and try to slowly bring them along. Like I think like a guy like Marcus Bingham would have left. If the transfer portal had kicked in three years ago, ten Bingham, out of ten times. Bingham yep. would have been gone, but he developed – I look for him to actually do something this year. But I, I look for this team to probably kind of hold a spot every year to, for the uh, portal guy to see, you know, let's see who's leaving their team and maybe we could just add somebody on. So, yeah, I look for – because a lot of guys have gone to different schools. Um, you know, one went to Duke, one went to Virginia. Uh, Bates went to uh, Memphis. Memphis. Kohler's going to be up there for an official visit. They're going to see, but – I, I don't think that they're going to have this break-the-bank class. They may have a class of two coming in for 20, yeah, the 22 class. may only just be two people. And they want to keep the scholarship limits down low and just kind of play it from play it that way. Unless, unless they got a lot of attrition. Like I think the class in 23, you're going to have a lot of people leaving. That's going to be Gabe Brown and all those guys are going to be gone. So now you can bring in a big class. But just bringing in a big class to bring in a big class – <clears throat> you you better have NBA players. Like, you look at what Jawan Howard is doing. Yeah, three to four of those guys are got to be one and done. Because if you keep stacking players, you end up like Kentucky, where you expected them to go one and done, and they didn't. And now they're in their junior year, and now you got a backlog of talent. Yep. Because, you know, and it hurt them. Kentucky finally got the number one player in the nation for the first time since, um, was it? I want to say, was it Carl Anthony Towns? He was probably number one, yeah. So it's it's been a while since they've had that type of player because it was like, okay, well, Kentucky has so many people, I'm going to go someplace else. So for Michigan State, they got the, uh, like I said, Jackson Kohler, four stars, uh, power forward center. He'll be there on an official visit. Magic and all those guys will be there. So maybe, you know, that may be enough to kind of sway him. You may get a commitment out of him, and if you do – I think that's it. They'll shut it down at that. They'll have two. So it won't be this top-rated class, but you got a lot of players already on this team. Well, you don't win championships with rivals rankings. That's true. So, (laughs) uh, Questions? Yes. And the state Um, helmet was pretty badass. It was awesome, and it looked great with that uniform. It looked so good with that uniform. Um, But my question is, since Michigan State is returning home this weekend, and that means tailgating. You can only have one tailgate food the rest of your life. What are you choosing? Mm-hmm. It's like a main dish. You can have all the sides you want, but I mean, I'm talking like ribs or sausage or burgers or something like that. Oh, man, you 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 can't go wrong. Can't really go wrong with burgers. You can't. I would say either burgers or chicken fingers. Ooh, you know what? I've never had that at a tailgate, but I think you're right with that. Because chicken fingers is no bones. Yeah, chicken, easy. Chicken fingers is the ultimate to-go food. You could grab a couple and put them in a napkin. Hell, you can put them in your pocket. For right, you and you could eat them whatever. Like with bones, you got you know it's you got to yeah, toss and like them a out. burger. You you with the bun and everything. Yeah, you're right. You can't really travel with it. 
I was hoping you were going to say those those spicy links that you bring in. <laughs> <laughs> those things are so good. Oh, no. That, that's just my sitting at home. Are you going to tailgate before the game a little bit on Saturday? Uh, I may. I may walk Go around. Go see some peeps, shake see, some hands, kiss see who, babies. See who's there. I don't know who's going to be up there. Yeah. Because this is kind of odd. I don't know if people are going to all be back. I don't know. But. I'll do my typical. I'll get there right right before the the band starts walking into you the stadium. You always get there late. Well, no. I get there on time. Okay. Which is noon, the kickoff. Okay. But usually you're right. It's about 12.05 because I get stuck I'll, behind that damn band. I'll probably, I may take off and leave like around 9.30 just to kind of get there, kind of get a glimpse of who's playing, who's It just not. better be a packed stadium. Pack it, man. You didn't, you didn't have a packed stadium before the pandemic, so what's going to be the big difference? Come on, let's be real. At least the students pack it. Students, it's exciting. We'll see. We'll see. Sophomores, so. you haven't seen a football game. Go. Get your so, tickets. Yeah, so I'll, I'll probably get there hopefully like 1030, see if they're doing anything different with the uniforms. Yeah. See what's happening. But, uh, yeah, maybe hit up a couple tailgates. But, yeah, it's fine. Tailgate food, chicken tenders, very underrated. Uh, burgers, I mean, you can't go wrong no, with burgers. No, you can't. But, yeah. Uh, what else? Chicken wings. Chicken wings are good. but They are good, but they're messy, man. They're very messy. That's why I say I like burgers. I like hot dogs. Hot dog is great. It's hot a, dogs or, you know, even Italian smoked sauces, sauces. Yeah, brats or anything like that. Yeah, you can't eat too many of those, though. No, you can't. Well, I can, and then I feel awful afterwards. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I say nobody ever says I felt awful because I ate too much chicken fingers. No, not at all. And I know people are like, it. really? Chicken? Seriously, guys, it's the perfect tailgate food. You can sneak it into games. There's no evidence that you have it, except for you smell like chicken. But yeah, yeah whatever. I don't mind that smell. So, <laughs> and you can travel with it. Okay, we got to we head over to the game. Just grab a handful. Yeah. Boom. Eat it along the way. So yeah, I would probably say that. So, uh, anything else? That is it. All right, we'll be back next week. Probably should be talking about two two and O teams in the state of Michigan. For Evan, I'm Rico. Thanks for listening to the Five Star Zone.